This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. I'm joined with Jim Sebastio, and we are going to get started here in just a minute. Before we do that, you can go to practicalshepherding.com. You can access all of our resources there. If you want to help us give a financial gift, if the ministry's been helpful to you, you can go to the donate page and leave a, a gift, an online gift there. Um, you can also access all of our resources, the Shepherd's House. We have a women's ministry. Uh, if you, uh, if your wife or if you're uh, a lady serving in the ministry in some capacity, you can reach out to us, and uh, we would love to be a help to you. There's a whole section that you can reach out, and our staff would love to hear from you uh, from the women's ministry. So f- please feel free to to do that. Uh, we want to jump right in though, Jim, on this topic, and you know this is this would be we thought this would be a fun conversation to have, uh, just because we assume a lot of people will be able to relate to these. Kind of three questions we just want to throw out there. We'll go back and forth on. The three questions are, when you entered into the ministry, what has been most surprising? What has been the hardest thing? And what's been one of the best things? So uh, we're kind of thinking back on our calling and thinking back on what we experienced when we finally, you know, jumped in the pool neck deep to figure out what we were doing. Uh, this, This idea that you had as we were talking about, it kind of comes from, what you do in uh, marriage counseling stuff? You want to yeah, talk about that? Yeah, so yeah, it's just when I, I when I meet with a couple after they've been married for four or five months, uh, I maybe try to get them over for a meal and and ask, okay, what's what's been the most surprising thing about being married? What's been the happiest thing about being married? What's been the hardest thing about being married? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so just those those kinds of questions to just ask the the man and then the woman, you know, and just to cause them to think, uh, you know, thankfully or at least hopefully, it's generally more on the on the happy side and the good side. But yeah. I, I found those to be helpful questions. All right, so we'll, we will take you and I back to our younger years in a moment for us to try to think about the first six months of our ministries and what that would have been like. Before we yeah. go there, though, let's. Let's let's think of a text that might kind of set our mind on this. Yeah, Brian, I, I, as we were talking there, you know, my mind went to Acts chapter twenty, where I think is almost like a Paul's mini pastoral theology class with the elders of the church in Ephesus. Right, and there's a really interesting uh, set of tensions uh, in that passage. I mean, he he describes his ministry about you know going from house to house, and but he talks about doing so with tears. And yet he also talks, and uh, there's a textual variant here, but to, you know, but talking about finishing his ministry with joy, uh, and uh, also you know he warns them about uh, troublesome times coming, but he also uh, speaks to them about commending them to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to make them stand and you know to uh, to face whatever is coming their way. And so there was a, that that I think that sense of tension that. Some of this is going to be sad, and some of this is going to be really happy, and some of this is going to bring you joy, and some of this is going to break your heart. And uh, but God's able to uh, sustain you through all that He's going to call you to, and the Lord willing, decades to come. Yeah, that's a good one. I I also just couldn't help think of the passage where Paul gets very descriptive about all the incredibly hard things he faced, and there's. You can't imagine him knowing that he would be beaten this many times and shipwrecked this many times yeah, and dealing yeah. with this and that. He's going he's to focus a little more on the hardship. Yeah. So, you know, it was... Uh, yeah. yeah, so that that's, uh, but that's a good place to start. So let's go to the first question. First question is, uh, let's start with what was... The most what, surprising, I think. Do, you, do we want to do surprising? Well, first? why not? All right, let's do... What's, what was the most surprising? Let's start there. 
Uh, well, this probably has to do with a sense of hubris or arrogance on, on my part. And that was the assumption that, uh, I, I quote you, Brian, this is probably the thing I quote you most about, uh, other than what's for lunch is the, uh, no, was it your, your statement at one point of, you know, just because the word of God is powerful doesn't mean it works quickly. Right. Yeah. And I can remember at one point, uh, I had just preached on something like, you know, how husbands are to love their wives and, 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 uh, and I, and then within minutes I was listening to a husband, uh, insult his wife or berate her over something. And it was like, dude, I just preached on that, you know? Mm-hmm. And yep. it was like, oh, how, how is it that, you know, what, what I, you know, that the word didn't just immediately convict you, immediately illuminate everything in you, immediately change you. Uh, and again, I may be exaggerating a little bit there, but I, I really did expect that there would be a more immediate response. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to the to the public ministry of the word of God that that uh, if if I were going to exegete properly preach with power and preach and apply to the conscience and hopefully paint things in ways that are you know like un- unmistakable like this is I'm you know going to describe the condition and do all of that that people would have the ability to see it that they would see themselves oh, wow that's me and that uh that they would respond to it and so hmm. uh seeing people's you know maybe appreciative but but in other ways relatively flat response uh to to the word which huh. you know maybe again I thought well I, I thought I did my job but uh, okay. it, it didn't it didn't have its impact that's there. a good one. so that was the most surprising thing was, you know, into among it. those one of the things yeah. that comes to mind if my wife were here she she might be able to come up with some other ones well but you probably also referencing thinking just your own experiences you got trained in really good places yeah so I you, listened to yeah I had, I had the word some really way, powerful so. I had yeah. I had two really powerful preaching pastors in my past <laughs> So, you're, so and, they're going to receive my ministry like Al Martin gets his yeah, ministry and, received. And George right? McDermott. And George you know, McDermott, you know, yeah. you know, And because I was, I mean, I, mean, I, 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 I wasn't like I was automatically sanctified every time, but I, um, you know, I thought, well, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and do it. It happened they, quick. I'm do it. I, it right, happened it happened for me, and I saw it happen for others, and yeah. I guess I, I anticipated it would happen when, when I did the same thing. That's so. a good one. That's a good one. Okay. What about for you? All right. So most surprising, mine's going to, we had very different paths early on. Yeah. So uh, I went into, you know, just to give a little background, you you were taught well and nurtured well and had good examples from the beginning. I uh, I did not. I had kind of the opposite of that. Right. And so I was on staff. My first staff role was a very, um, it was at a very unhealthy church. It was a larger church. And um, I was, I think one of the things I was most surprised of is uh, how uh, just, um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, a, a lack of, of godliness in the church, uh, a lack of ministry gifting, and yet how people can have jobs in churches mm. uh, despite that. So I, I was most surprised by that. Again, very naive going in. I'm 20 years old, right. had not been taught or anything, but... I just was I was dumbfounded by the amount of people who now they had they had giftings, you know, they they had gifts that I later learned, oh, this is you know, they can lead in different ways. They they could do this and that, but they would have thrived in a corporate America setting because of for the same reasons. Mm. Uh there wasn't a spiritual maturity. 
that was that was there that that I was surprised by. There was again, there's a miss, you know, just a, a handling of the word and the ability to care well for like there was the absence of so many of those kinds of things in my early years where I served that I just didn't know. I was surprised by that. I thought, man, these I thought these are things that would really you not just would matter, but would be essential in church work. Hmm. And I was I was in shock over the the how um, how corporate how even secular the gifting was that people exercised in versus what I later came to realize was a clear you know godly spiritual ministry calling that God calls us to. I did not get exposed to much of that in the early years, and it was very disorienting. But even though I didn't know what I didn't know, that really surprised me. I went in naive, thinking this is church, so I'm going to experience some really spiritually mature people, and that is not what I experienced in the place I was. So, all right, so that's surprising. Let me go to um, what was the thing that uh, you enjoyed the most in your early. Oh, months okay. and okay. years. Let's go. Do you want to do you want to do you want to do hard and then happy right, so do, that we end it with happy? All right, you want to end with that's happy? a good plan. We'll have let's, a happy ending. Let's do hard first. What was happily ever after? What was most? Di- what was just most difficult for you? Well, in your as I'm years? going through my my in my earliest ministry, I'm trying to you know I, I have two or three things that go through my mind you know that were the hardest uh, or the most you know the the most shocking or you know the the heaviest things to bear. Um, one is seeing people turn away from the faith, uh, you know, seeing people that had made open professions of faith and then slowly watch them, uh, fall away, uh, or in some cases seemingly more suddenly and dramatically, uh, fall away. And, you know, I mean, having a, a, a theology of God's, you know, preserving and keeping of his people and, uh, you know, believing that the gifts and calling of God are without uh, repentance, and that you know that that uh, you know the Lord's able to keep His own, uh, and to see uh, some walk away, uh, to see some you know, including one of our founding members, so we we constituted with twelve members, and the, so I always look at that. Uh, you know that that grouping of uh, of us, and I mean it's it's an amazing thing. Thirty three years later, seven of us are still there. So I agree. Well, that's, that's agree. an unusual thing. But when I describe it, I say, well, this one's with the Lord. This one's with the Lord. This one's with the Lord. This one moved away, but this one went back to the world. There's always that one, you know, yeah. and, and that one. But it's not not been the only one. Yeah. Uh, but somebody that, that had given every appearance of being, uh, in Bunyan's words, a fair and flourishing pilgrim, huh. uh, to see them, uh, not, not like, you know, he gives that vivid picture of the man in the iron cage, you know, that picture of a, of a grieving apostate, but uh, uh, somebody uh, that, that sang the songs of Zion, that, that seemed to love the people of God, bore witness, was trying to... Uh, live out uh, seemingly everything in their home and marriage and and all of the rest and uh, to grow so cold and hard and indifferent uh, to the pleadings uh, of of God's people. Um, really, really, really hard. Oh yeah. If I were to add another, you know, yeah. it's 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 it, uh, it was broken relationships that uh, yeah to see uh, f- friends uh, torn apart uh, to see. 
uh, unresolved uh, conflict, uh, and I and trying to think how do you live? How do how do how do how do we all go on and offer our gifts when you know <laughs> everything's not resolved? That's one of the hardest things. You, know, you do your part. I mean, you do your part, and at some point, you got to move on, and do, you've done what you can do. Sure, Paul yep. says, as much as lies within you, if possible, as much as lies within you, be, be at peace be with peace. all men. Yeah. It's not always possible, that's and it true. doesn't always lie with you. Uh, but but that's been uh, – I, I again, I, I had a – I don't think it's naive. I think it really is a hope born of the Scriptures that, you know, love – love has such a persevering element to it. It, it is forgiving. It's merciful. Mm. It keeps no record of wrong. And that genuine Christian love should be able in a church, uh, you know, we should be able to live together in this way. Yeah. And that's true, but it doesn't always happen. And, and when it doesn't, it's, it's often really devastating. Yeah. Those are two really uh, good ones. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to them. I would say that, again, I got to point to my, my early just months and even years I would say the hardest thing for me, and these this is kind of be two things that I think was wrapped in this one big thing that I'm thinking about. Um, being asked to do things that I did not know how to do, that I was not qualified to do, and there was a lack of mentoring to teach me how to do it. Mm. There was just assumption I would figure it out. Mm. And I'm young. I'm immature in many ways. Yeah. I have, you need to know, my first few years, like I had, what I understood the ministry called to be eventually, I had no business being in the ministry in those years, yeah. uh, and yet uh, was was thrusted there and really thrown in, like thrown in the pool neck deep is putting it mildly in what I was put into. And so I was asked to do things that I could not do, hmm. uh, should not have been asked to do, and, and yet uh, I was still required to do them. And nobody was there to, to teach me. And so the, you know, in the, in the providence of God, that, that ended up leading to me being, you know, very passionate, as many know, people who know me, passionate about wanting to train and raise up guys for the ministry, because a lot of that comes out of those years of feeling lost and helpless. And certainly what, it, what that does to your self-confidence as a young man, to, yeah. to feel like you're just failing all the time and don't yeah. know why you're failing. Mm. So I was not prepared for how much of a failure I felt like and how helpless I felt and, and just the and how lonely I felt in the midst of that. That I was not prepared at 20, at 21, to face that to that degree and that level. And when you're doing it in a bigger church, it just feels like there's stakes are raised that much more with with all that you're doing. So I look back on those years. They were, I mean, it was trial by fire, and God used them. But, man, I would not wish my my first two to three years of ministry, I would not yeah. wish on my worst enemy mm. in the, what I had to face. So that mm. that the, the combination of those two yeah. things, I would have to say. Okay, so let's end on a on a high note. Yeah. All right, so things that, and, and I guess you don't have to pick one if you don't want. You can pick a couple maybe, but one of the things when you got into the ministry – you you didn't realize how much you know you would love uh, being able to do what you were doing. Yeah, the, the, you know. Ha- so yeah, that's that's uh, you know. There are a lot of ways we can go about this, you know. But the happiest thing, you know. So I'm going to think of just from the category of the happy, some of the happiest surprises, or just joyful things. You know, I I had I'm going to put it in this category. You know, I, I had a hard time remembering just seeing myself the way that. I saw, we mentioned some of my mentors. I, I had, you know, these really powerful mentors. 
I knew how I felt toward them. You know, those men, particularly, you know, George, uh, God used George's ministry and in, in life, you know, in my conversion. Uh, you know, he was best man in my wedding and, you know, I knew how I felt about him, but when people began to feel that way about me and, and love, you know, particularly if I was used in, in their conversion or sometimes in the conversion of their kids, the amount of love, I mean, uh, um, even just last night, I, I, we had our annual business meeting and there was, it, it was, um, I don't know if you people listen from our church here. There was an embarrassing outpouring of appreciation for me at one point, and then I got home, and one of our members sent uh, a rather lengthy email uh, expressing their their deep love, and it's you know, very. You know, I feel so unworthy of that, uh, and I have to remember um, that uh, how I felt about those who, you know, who, who gave the word to me. Yeah. yeah. And that's the only way I could, because I think, I, oh, you know, you're just a jerk, you know, you're, you're not, you're not worthy of that. You're a boob, you know, yeah. but you know, whatever. And, yeah. and, and, and to know that the Lord, even through all your failures and all your inconsistencies that by, by simply giving the word, trying to be there for people, uh, how much that means, don't always mean that way to everybody, but for some, but for core, uh, that means the world to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a sweet thing, you know. Uh, I think all of us are, have to be willing to go through our life and labors unappreciated, unheralded, unknown, uh, to die and be forgotten. Labor hard, die, be forgotten. Uh, that's that's you know, that's okay. Yeah. But when somebody shows that uh, that love and demonstrates that love in word and deed and uh, other ways, it's it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's a good example. And I'm I always am glad to hear when that stuff happens, which is quite regularly I hear. And I, I think it's I enjoy that as your friend because I know you have trouble receiving it, and so it, it's it's good to be pushed yeah. to receive because I, I know your people like it's that I it's one of the most genuine loves I know of a pastor in a congregation is your church towards mm-hmm. you. So. As your friend, I, I get entertained by uh, by the amount of it you get and how hard it is to to receive that because of the way you just genuinely articulated how you experienced mm-hmm. that. I think so, but nonetheless, you're saying, but th- there's a when you let yourself, there's this a great great joy. You almost didn't ex- you didn't realize it would be uh, to this didn't realize level. it would be yeah. like that. Yeah, that's good. I I feel like I have to answer this in two phases because I would say that in the uh, early years, there was different kinds of things. That maybe surprised me. Oh, I, I enjoyed this, um, but it, but then there's stuff later years when I really, it, I would say, embraced what God had truly called me to and was able to step into that. Uh, so let me start first back in the early years. I think I um, I was pleasantly just not so surprised, but something I really enjoyed was the camaraderie among the people you got to serve with. Mm. So uh, on one end, my I was not mentored well by those who should have been mentoring me, but there were other people like me in the same place, grinding it out, being asked to do things we didn't know how to do. So there yeah. was a camaraderie of all of us like, okay, how do we figure out how to do this? And you actually felt like you were part of a team who were sinking and swimming at the same time. And there's some friendships that formed that were very meaningful to me. Uh, as a result of that. So I would say in the early years, there's that. But also, I think the 
the enjoyment of having an impact on people mm. uh, was something that, just from a relational perspective, that uh, I you know had not experienced fully uh, to that level. And I, I really enjoyed that. And that's certainly years later. It kind of touches on what you were talking about, just the appreciation of people have when, when, you're, when your ministry is helpful to them. But I would add one of the things, because one of my greatest joys in the ministry for my, my, for 25 years of it was the ability to get to, to invest in someone uh, who feel called in the ministry, to train mm-hmm. them, to see they're not ready, to invest in them, see God at work, and then watch them mm-hmm. be sent out and thrive in the ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've kind of told, other than seeing people come to Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's been a greater joy historically for me yeah. than to watch just some sons in the faith uh, go and, and serve and to get to be a part of their ministries is it's still one of the greatest joys that that I have. Yeah, um, well, and, you, you blessed me last year to get to uh, be a part for a couple of hours of your retreat with uh, oh, yeah. your, yep. the, your former interns who are now in ministry and uh, that was really that was really special. Yeah, um, and that was a that was the first time we brought a lot of guys together for that. And but yeah, that was a that was certainly a full circle moment for me. And I would say that's a good snapshot for me of as I look back, you know, all the years of of getting to invest in guys and and to be able to have relationships with them still and to watch them serve the Lord and to feel a part of that in some way is uh, hard. It's hard to describe that. So that's. That's one of the many things that we could we could list, and we could list a lot of things, couldn't we, Jim, on, on the things that we've grown to really love and appreciate about doing yeah. this and getting to do it a long time. And so, matter of fact, as we wrap this episode, we want to encourage some of you to maybe go through the same exercise because we're convinced that one of the ways to do this a long time and to be able to press through the really hard things that come with ministry is to remember the joys, the very the unique joys that remind us. This is why we do this. Uh, I call them. I can't believe I get paid to do this moments right. for me when right. I would right. be experiencing yep. something. I would I would just kind of be dumbfounded and even say out loud to God, "I can't believe you pay me to do this." So uh, look for those moments, and it's important to find the balance between the hard things and the joys because a lot of times we can maybe focus on the hard things too much, Jim. We miss the joys, yeah. and so no, you're right. the joys keep you in the battle. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. So, Jim, we take a minute and pray for yeah. guys around this. Yeah. Father, thank you for just this opportunity to reflect and to remember uh, your goodness and uh, allowing these those early days, the the joys, the surprises, and even the the sorrows. Uh, we thank you, Heavenly Father, though uh, still in the midst of the fight, and uh, that the day will come when we will finish our race and we will. Uh, finish our earthly race and finish our ministerial race. And we pray, Father, that you'd aid us and help us to do so with joy, peace, and integrity, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.